Hello, I'm Zara, a self-published author of young adult and new adult fiction, a publishing grad student at NYU and an aspiring literary agent. Hi, I'm Kelly, a genre hopping writer, domestic goddess, which is a fancy way of saying that I am a stay-at-home mom and wife, and I occasionally captain the Hot Mess Express. And this is Writish, the podcast by writers for writers, where we discuss craft and hot topics in the writing community. This season, we're also starting to get into some interviews with other writers and industry professionals, so we're very excited for that and hope you'll enjoy those episodes as much as we did recording them. All right. And in this episode, we would like to give a trigger warning. There is a mention of some stories that depict sexual assaults. So the past month or so, we have covered a lot of ground of the publishing powerhouse that is the romance genre. And I think it's only fitting we also cram in an episode about erotica. I think we should talk about the difference between erotic romance and erotica, which are often conflated with each other. The quick and dirty version is that erotica prioritizes the sex and may or may not have romance or much plot, depending on the author. And erotic romance has a romance story that's very sexy. We should also note that for the rest of the episode, if we say adult novel, we mean a book meant for adults, not necessarily erotica or erotic romance. We'll say erotic novel or erotica in those cases to be extra clear. In the second episode of this season, we talked about age categories in the publishing genre, and we mostly focused on young adult and new adult in that episode because that's where a lot of AuthorTube is writing, Um, even though Kelly writes adult, and I've been moving between young adult and new adult, and I have some adult stories planned. We also mentioned middle grade, which precedes young adult and adult, which comes after new adult, but I just wanted to say that while erotica is absolutely written for adults, it's its own category or subsection, depending on how you want to think of it, because the standard level of heat in those stories goes above and beyond what you'd expect to find in an adult novel. And just to add here, depending on the reader and where they are consuming their content, some may discover erotic fan fiction on websites like Archive of Our Own, often referred to as AO3. And that is what I did as a high school reader. I consumed some smut on AO3 and I'm not ashamed of it. It was wonderful. (laughs) From what you've told me, AO3 handles maybe things that aren't initially that sexy and then makes it that way. AO3 does have filters that you can put on and it does ask you if you are 18 before you continue to read the smutty smut. We should talk about novels that are meant to be erotic or erotica from the very beginning. So popular erotica novels in the mainstream, obviously what comes to mind is Fifty Shades of Grey. I was going to say Fifty Shades of Shit. You're not wrong, though. And even though it's marketed as an erotic romance, the romance is terrible and it is offensive and inaccurate representation of BDSM as a whole. So there's my little bleh about that. Uh, yeah, Kelly's Fifty Shades of Grey rant. It could go on forever, and I could add to that. And I also know that there was a movie called 365 Days on Netflix. But you know like how Netflix will play like a little trailer for you whenever you're hovering over it right before you click play or not? That little clip turned me off so much from watching it that I was like, this is going to be a shit show. 
and I refuse to partake in it. So I pretend that it doesn't exist. I wasn't going to watch it, but then when I heard that it was like even worse than Fifty Shades of Grey, I was like, oh, I'm really not going to watch it. And I will never watch after because people have said that it's like Fifty Shades of Grey for teens. And I was like, we don't need any of this. So instead, I want to talk more about erotic romances instead of straight up erotica. So we have Gina Showalter's extremely popular Lords of the Underworld series, and all of them have a romance. And it's definitely not something you want your mom to know you're reading, but it is still a romance. And hi, mom. I know you listen to our show. Just so you know, I only read one of them because I got it as an ARC, which stands for Advanced Reader Copy, if anyone listening doesn't already know that. And then there's the Hades and Persephone series and its companion series, the Hades Saga, and the unrelated Adrian and his Sold series, all by Scarlet St. Clair, where there's always a romance, world building, plot, and a lot of sex. (laughs) I will warn people that the Hades and Persephone and the Hades saga, which tells the events from his point of view and expanding on scenes that Persephone isn't there for, the same way that her point of view has things that he's not there for. It has an instance in the first book and a different instance in the second book where Persephone is sexually assaulted. So I wish I had known that going into reading them. I still highly recommend the books, but I want to give people the warning. Why is it that every Hades and Persephone retelling always has to be sexy? I think it's because people put it in terms of him corrupting her and then people assume that means sex. I don't think it's right or wrong. I mean, I read the Everneath trilogy by Brody Ashton, which is young adult and it's inspired by Hades and Persephone and it's not like that so like obviously it can be done without the sex but I think people just really enjoy that idea and then at the very least I think it is improving because there are more feminist versions or more balanced versions where Persephone is being more proactive in the relationship and it's not just her being passive taking whatever is dished out to her either by you know the original myth where Hades straight up abducts her or Zeus promises her to Hades. All not good things. So while I can accept that, I don't know. I just feel like that erotica when explored in relationships, yes, it shows all the raw emotions that the reader might not get at the chance of seeing in other age categories because, you know, the screen just goes black. And no, I'm not saying that your 13-year-old needs to read a spicy Hades Persephone retelling. But when you're mature enough to consume that content, It adds a certain je ne sais quoi to the story as a whole, in my opinion. But to loop back around to the initial topic of Hades and Persephone with spicy, sexy retellings, I would love to see Hades just be a big old golden retriever boy over Persephone. I mean, I will say that normal adult novels like the Bridgerton series can get pretty sexy and new adult is known for being pretty sexy, but I get what you mean. Like it takes it to another level that doesn't exist in any other type of book. And regarding wanting a fluffy Hades and Persephone retelling, 
Laura Olympus, which is absolutely not fluffy as a whole, and Persephone gets assaulted in this one too, but not by Hades. And she's not assaulted by Hades in the Scarlet St. Clair books either. But in general, Laura Olympus, which started out as a webtoon novel and then got picked up by a publisher and is book form now, in general, it just shows Hades so gone on Persephone and, you know... She's his light and he's obsessed with her and he tries not to show it and it's super sweet. And then I know that author tuber Madeline Monahan, she hasn't published it yet. She hasn't finished it yet even, but her version of Hades in her Hades and Persephone retelling is a dark cinnamon roll. Her words, not mine, but I'm very excited. I love a dark cinnamon roll. That's so like, yes. On that note, I feel like we should talk about how sex sells and what it looks like in the publishing industry. So erotica is a huge thing in self-publishing because like romance and fantasy readers, readers in this genre tend to binge read. Back in 2010, NBC ran a story about how erotica gave publishers a big boost. It talks about how it's not surprising that a culture that had both Madonna and HIV slash AIDS crisis would want to read stories about sex without worrying about some very scary real world consequences and mentions that men also read the genre. Yeah, it's not all just middle-aged moms in suburbia reading this because their sex lives aren't great. And I will say that with self-publishing, I think it's also helpful because the faster publishing timeline, so people who can write these types of stories very fast, they can continue putting out books at a rapid pace, which then lets them stay more in the Amazon algorithm and keep making money. So it is very lucrative. Like most new media, the printed word was popular for some salacious material. Sex has always sold. Photography became popular with it. And oral storytelling, like the Decameron, which is stories within stories, but mostly raunchy. Yeah, people have always liked these types of stories. I don't see that ever going away. And then you have movies like the 1999 Eyes Wide Shut and the 2002 Secretary, both of which I only know by reputation, don't worry, mom, that bring a more adventurous type of sex life into the public consciousness. And that's not even counting the adaptation of books like Fifty Shades of Grey, which Kelly already made her feelings well known about. So we can move on. I I love that. You know, if your mom is able to be a trooper and make it through this episode, like, bless her. Yeah, who knows when she'll nope out of here but you know just in case (laughs) if she doesn't nope out i hope she tells you she's like no i listened to the whole thing i don't know if i want her to tell me or not but like i told her that she couldn't read my new adult sci-fi trilogy (laughs) like i say on the dedication page family and family friends skip this one (laughs) and put this book down so i don't know i don't know Well, not holding anything back, let's talk about what we want to see more of in this genre. I, for one, would love to see foreplay. Foreplay, foreplay, foreplay. More foreplay. Because let me tell you, not every woman is like a slip and slide ready to go, okay? We need to be worked up to that point, and I would like to see that reflected in my books. That's all. I don't think 
I can't believe you just said that. Why? Biologically, it is true. So, I mean, I agree, but... Listen, I, you should know by now, I don't hold any punches back. If I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it with my chest. <laughs> so... Let's circle back to my comments earlier. Um, How when a writer is writing erotica around a relationship, it shows raw emotions. And that can really help the reader connect more to the characters with those raw emotions because it's relatable. But on the same note, you can have great sex without romance. And I just feel like that should also be normalized. Not everyone is going to, you know go to pound town looking for romance and that's okay or in a lot of novels it's they're looking to hook up with someone and no one should catch feelings and then oops everyone caught feelings <laughs> oh yeah the whole no strings attached bullshit i think there was a movie there was one called no strings attached and then the other one was called friends with benefits and they came out like a year apart from each other, if I remember correctly. Yes. I, and one did great and the other did awful. And I haven't watched either because I don't care. I watched the one with Mila Kunis in it because I love her. I mean, she's great, but I, I was just like, I don't really care. It's okay. I just, you know, I'm not going to talk about my novel inspiration. I know you want me to. I just wrote that down for me. (laughs) I agree with everything Kelly said. I would not have said it with my full chest, as Kelly likes to say. (laughs) I second all that. And so I will keep my contribution simple. I want to see healthy relationships that aren't full of romanticizing red flags and ones that are more realistic because no one can live in a sex fantasy 24-7. Just not possible. I just adore you and how you worded this versus how I worded it. Your comment was very wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, if I may. <laughs> I'm having too much fun with this episode. I hope I make everyone snort out their like drink whenever they're listening to this. Well, I hope they don't snort out their drink like on their phone that they're listening or on their laptop or something like we don't want them to send us a technology bill. No, but if if we made you giggle this episode, you should definitely tell us about it on Twitter or Instagram or something, you know, just let us know that we made you giggle. So let's talk about, you know, moving into things that obviously we would love to see more of. But like, let's talk about some advice to get these things to happen that we want to happen. So first off, it's not all about sex. What? You might be wondering. It's erotica, Kelly. I hear you say. Listen, you are not writing the next best porn script. The story needs to be able to stand on its own. And then... Adding to that, mix a genre. Obviously, erotic romance is very popular in the mix, but that's not to say you can't write an erotic fantasy and it still be successful. Look at A Court of Thorns and Roses. Hello. And the last one, A Court of Silver Flames, has been deemed pure smut by booktubers everywhere, including our friend Brie Bonomo. And, and, I feel like it's also super important Don't be too quick to relieve the romantic slash sexual tension for the reader. You build, you build, you build, you know, all that good foreplay. So that way the climax of the story is the best it can be. Of of this story, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that, that is Kelly's advice to writing erotica. I think that's all really good advice. We do have an episode planned for next season where we'll be talking about whether writing craft books are necessary or a waste of time. I think it depends. We'll go more into that next season. But for this genre, 
not just romance, but I do think especially when you're doing erotic romance or erotica, I think it is good to know what's expected in these genres. And the best way to do that is to read in the genre, as is always the case, or at least taking in stories like the ones you want to write. We talked in our worst writing advice that you have to be a avid reader to be a writer. So I'm not going to say you have to read everything. You know, you could listen to audiobooks or watch movies and TV shows, whatever. But if you're looking for books on how to do it, I highly recommend I Give You My Body by Diana Galbadon, who I am probably mispronouncing her last name. And she's the author of the incredibly successful Outlander series, which I can't watch because yet again, sexual assault, which is a running theme in just plain adult historical romance and plain adult fantasy romance. So that's a bummer. But then there's also On Writing Romance by Lee Michaels by Writer's Digest Books. And that talks about all levels of romance. So I think that's pretty helpful if you want to write any type of romance. Because both of these women believe that a sex scene should still have to do something in the story, whether it's just... And I put just in quotation marks because it is important to deepen the physical and emotional connection between your characters. Or it could be a big plot point like in the Bridgerton series where getting ruined was a very, very big deal. Oh, no. Not getting ruined. (sighs) I'm laughing because I'm traumatized. I'm sorry. Do you have anything else to add? I do not. I think that this episode has been phenomenal. I think this episode has been, insert sexual joke here, you know, I'll stop now. I'm sorry. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head. Sarah is just so done with my shit for this episode. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. I do have something to say. Susan, if you're somehow still listening, I hope you still like me as your daughter's best friend. I still hope I get the stamp of approval. (laughs) My anxiety... Will be shot until I know that everything is okay still. (laughs) And on that note, I think I'm done. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that entertaining and somewhat silly episode. This is the Writers Podcast, and we'll be back with another episode next week when we'll be interviewing our good friend, fellow author tuber, and erotic author, rp winters and don't forget to follow us on instagram at the writish podcast on twitter at write underscore ish and on ko-fi at writish bye